Hello everybody, this is Peter Regilakos from Madison IBC and today I have uh, Bailey Wee, our technical consultant, in trying to help us out in answering another frequently asked question. Uh, how are you, Bailey? Good, Spiro, and yourself? Okay. Good, 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 great. Uh, so the question I get, and this, this has actually got few questions within a question, but mm. anyway, uh, basically I typically get the following. What happens when the DAS is built? Uh, when does a carrier plug in? How do we hand over to the carrier? As the building owner, what do I do I need to do? Uh, who maintains the DAS? What the ongoing costs are? Can you help mm. out, Bailey, just to you know, uh, shed some light on these questions? Yeah, sure. No, that's a good question, Spiro. So obviously, um, when most people uh, think about the DAS project, they think once the DAS is built, you know, everything's finished and it's all hunky-dory. But um, it's it's obviously a bit more complicated than that. Um, so when a DAS is completed, um, obviously you need a carrier to plug in to the DAS. So um, hopefully by that stage, you have sorted out a lead carrier and if you haven't, don't panic. Um, obviously, um, you know, your DAS integrator, uh, such as Madison, can help you with that. Um, but ideally, you'd need a lead carrier to be sorted out before you complete a project. Um, so once a DAS is close to completion, um, the DAS integrator should assist you to notify the lead carrier that the project is almost complete. And this is because the lead carrier needs sufficient lead time to be able to prepare their uh, end of the uh, interconnection. So that's uh, all the transmission work and the base station work, um, as well as the, the, the actual project itself um, to, to do the plugging into your DAS. So ensure that your whoever your DAS integrator is have a good relationship with the lead carrier and that um, close to project completion, um, they notify the lead carrier that the, the, the DAS is nearly built and so that the lead carrier has sufficient time to prepare um, a plug-in um, into your DAS uh, so that your DAS actually works and, and it's not just sitting there doing nothing. Um, so in respect of when you actually uh, complete the DAS, there's a couple of things that the lead carrier is looking for. So obviously you would have, and hopefully you would have had a proper MCF 2018 or lead carrier compliant DAS uh, design signed off um, well before that. Um, so once, so up on the completion of the project, um, you typically need to prepare a, a lead carrier handover pack. And the handover pack, um, it really depends on the, who the carrier is. They have slightly different requirements, but generally speaking, each carrier would have um, a requirement for the detailed design to be updated to as-built drawings. So basically, uh, what was exactly installed um, needs to be uh, in this as-built drawing pack for the lead carrier. Um, they need the actual design in their preferred uh, design format. So currently, you know, the industry standard is IBWave. So they need a design in the IBWave format. Um, they need the, uh, with the as-built drawings, typically they want the CAD files as well so that in the future, if they do upgrades or modifications, they can update the design themselves. Um, they'd want to see a, uh, a walk test report of the DAS. Um, uh, so this is a bit tricky because if the lead carrier hasn't plugged into the system yet, then 
to be able to uh, conduct a walk test on the existing system without a, a RF signal, um, your DAS integrator should be able to uh, plug in what we call a CW generator, which generates um, a signal um, that can be uh, measured. So basically, please talk to your DAS integrator um, about this. Um, so if the lead carrier hasn't plugged in yet, then a CW generator can be used to do a CW walk test and that test report can be submitted to the lead carrier to show them that the DAS has the coverage requirements, sorry, the DAS meets the coverage requirements um, of the MCF 2018 specifications. So once um, this package, um, which includes all the design, the drawings, the uh, wall test report, um, once that's submitted to the lead carrier, um, they'll typically have a look and make some comments. So if they think there's an area where um, you know, there's insufficient coverage, they may come back to you and ask for modifications. Um, if it looks all good, then um, they might say, you know, it's great and they're ready to plug in. So uh, the next step is the lead carrier would actually come along um, with their equipment. So that's the base stations and the transmission equipment and link that up to their network and plug uh, their system into your DAS and, uh, and, and start uh, providing uh, in-building coverage in your, in your dwelling. Um, obviously, there is, uh, there is a little bit that goes on before that stage. Um, before the lead carrier is willing to plug in, they typically ask for a plugging um, contribution. So you can think of that as you know when you want um, you know water or electricity connected for the first time, or even when you want internet connected for the first time. There's usually, uh, I guess, you can think of it like a setup cost. So the lead carrier has that um, as well. So they'll typically charge you a. Uh, what they call a plug-in cost, um, and that's negotiated between the lead carrier and the building um, developer or the building owner. Um, and um, that that cost varies quite a bit. So I'd recommend um, I'd recommend you uh, uh, you talk to your DAS integrator if you need any assistance on that end. Um, once the system is uh, up and running, uh, the good news is the lead carrier um, actually takes care of all maintenance and upgrades to the system. And you won't, um, as you know, the, the building owner or the, uh, or the manager, you won't actually uh, be liable for any cost on the DAS, uh, with the exception that obviously if you damage the DAS or one of your tenants damage the DAS, then they are liable for, for the cost of the rectification. But if it's the standard um, maintenance, you know, wear and tear and um, upgrades that requires, um, that, uh, that might be required from time to time, then the lead carrier is responsible uh, for that cost. So your typical day-to-day -day running of the DAS um, or the cost um, is, is, uh, is borne by the lead carrier. Similarly, um, with the uh, electrical cost of the base station, um, the lead carrier system is all generally metered, so they'd want to install their own authority meter so that the electrical cost in, in uh, powering the system is all paid and borne by the lead carrier. Um, so that's actually uh, pretty straightforward. Obviously, you do have to understand as, um, as the building owner that um, the lead carrier requires you to hand over the DAS. So once the DAS is built, um, they'd want the asset to be handed over to them, um, either at no cost or as a peppercorn um, agreement, you know, for a dollar. 
So that's sort of the trade-off. Um, on one hand, you're handing over an asset, but on the other hand, um, you're getting all maintenance and future upgrades um, free of charge. Um, so, you know, there's, there's good and bad to this. Um, but generally speaking, it's been working out relatively well in the industry. Um, so that's currently how everything is going. Um, and some carriers do require tenure, um, you know, especially, uh, you know, Optus, they do require the, the building owner to sign off on, on either a license or a lease um, so that the equipment has security of tenure. Um, and that's generally understood as all DASs now typically have a dedicated DAS room where the equipment is housed. Um, so there's generally, um, you know, a consensus on the industry on how how this is implemented. Um, yeah, so that's that's about it, Spira. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Bandy, for, for answering this question. No worries.